Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Somebody say praise the Lord. If you would turn with me to the book of Judges, Judges chapter 14, verse 14 and 18. After that, if you would turn to your Bibles to Psalms 30 and keep it there. All right. I sound bossy this morning, don't I? Because I am. Amen. Glory to God. Look at your neighbors, say, quit being bossy. Next Sunday's going to be amazing. You do not want to miss Independence Day. We're going to start off here with a powerful service, services. Brother Derek, you might want to stay up around here for this message today, Brother Derek. I'm going to need a little organ here just shortly, probably. Don't we love Brother Derek? Amen. What a blessing. Judges chapter 14. And he said unto them, Out of the eater came forth meat. And out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could not in three days expound the riddle. Samson had given a riddle to his enemies. Said, if you solve this, we'll exchange. And if you solve it, I'll give you this. If, if you can't, then you owe me this many changes of raiment and on. But three days they couldn't. They talked to his wife, pressed her until she found the answer to the riddle. And the answer was this in verse 18. The men of the city said unto him on the seventh day before the sun went down, what is sweeter than honey? And what is stronger than a lion? What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? It was the answer to that simple riddle, which was out of the eater came forth meat and out of the strong came forth sweetness. He was simply saying, out of the fight that I had to fight, something sweet came out of it. What came out of an attack came strength. Today, we all know what it's like to fight for something that's valuable to us. I woke up this morning, I felt like the Lord spoke to me to preach to you this subject. There's some things worth fighting for. Somebody in the building needs to be able to roll up your sleeves and say, I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to stand for righteousness. I'm going to stand for my marriage. I'm going to stand for my children. You're going to try to take something that belongs to me. You're going to have to fight me. There's got to get some fight in us. Come on, mediocrity is settling into this nation like I've never seen. Complacency, ho-hum, what if? It doesn't matter. Just, just, just let me eat. Just let me have what belongs to me. There's got to get a fight inside. This country was founded on a fight. We have what we have, our freedoms, because somebody fought for it. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to fight for it. You need to fight. We don't need sissies in the kingdom. Somebody's got to stand up and man up. 
to do what God has called us to do. Is there anybody in the building that said there's some things worth fighting for? Do you believe salvation is worth fighting for? Your church, your city, your family? Somebody shout it's worth fighting for. We, we fight with praise. We fight by worshiping. We fight by praying. We fight by seeking God. We fight by going to the church. We fight by, amen, being here with one another. We've got to fight for what God has given us. The devil doesn't want you to be free, happy, and saved. But if he's going to try to take it from me, he's going to have to fight me with everything that's in me. Anybody feel that way? Come on, clap your hands and praise him. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Samson, Samson makes a bad decision. He made several bad decisions, as a matter of fact. But the one we read about today, and I will not preach on Samson very long. But Samson found himself going to the vineyards of Timnath to find a bride that he should have never been looking for. While he's there in the vineyard, everybody shout the vineyard. A lion comes out and attacks him. And with his own hands, he kills a beast that is 25 times stronger than him. No one in this building on a normal day can fight a lion with your own hands and kill a lion. It is an impossibility. But as I hear the verse in my head today, ye have overcome them, little children, for greater that is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He was at the wrong place at the wrong time and he ended up fighting a lion. First of all, he should have never been there. Why? Because he's a Nazarite. The angel told his parents, he's a Nazarite. He's not the take of the vow. He's, excuse me, not the take of the vine. He is a Nazarite. His hair is not to be cut. He's not to be around dead things. But you'll find that he started hanging out in vineyards when he was not allowed to take of the grapes. I say to you today is that some of us fight a lot of problems all the time is because we stay in the wrong atmosphere. You can't go to the bar and not expect to ever be tempted. You can't watch Hollywood all the time and not expect for your mind to wander away from the things of God. It does matter what we watch. It matters what we listen to because atmospheres determine our outcomes. And Samson began to battle. I have watched people that I've pastored over the years that are always struggling. A lot of times it's because they leave the house of the holy and they go hang out in a vineyard. Vineyards produce lions which, which produce battles that you shouldn't have to fight all the time. I do believe there's a place in God that we can be resting from our enemies and I'm gonna preach about that. I do believe there's a time though we have to fight for what belongs to us. Do you believe there's a fight in this building? Amen. Even though Samson was in the wrong place, hanging out in the wrong place and was attacked by a lion, God gave him victory. Aren't you glad when you were struggling, when you were doing the wrong thing that God still gave you victory because he loves you enough? God didn't withdraw his presence from him at that moment. He killed the lion with his own hands. Man, you know, you, you're talking about a selfie. 
You're talking about a story. You're talking about something when you kill a lion all by yourself. You're talking about manning up. That's a bragging story right there, Brother Zion. I killed a lion. How'd you do it? Right there. Glory. I'd be telling everybody, can I get a witness in the building? I'd have that lion's mane up here by my face. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But Samson understood one thing, is that it was by the hand of God. And he goes down the road, and when he's making his journey back, he looks, and in the carcass of the lion, there is a swarm of bees. And he reaches into the carcass of the lion, and he pulls out honey. And when he eats it, it gives him strength. It tastes good. He goes on and gives it to his parents, but he didn't tell them where he got the honey because there's none of you would want to eat honey out of a roadkill. Can you say amen? He didn't tell them where he got the honey, but he had honey that gave him strength for his journey. We've heard it preached. I've preached it. What it was saying was this. Yesterday's victories were not just for yesterday. That I can look back and see what God did for me and realize if he did it yesterday, he can do it again today. It becomes sweet to me now. The victory of yesteryear, the trial that he brought me through. Come on, the sickness that he delivered me from, the sins that he forgave me of. When I look back and realize he brought me through that situation, I can gather strength today to know that he's going to take me the rest of the way. Aren't you glad he's not just a God of yesterday, but he's a God of today and tomorrow. And so he writes the riddle and he says, out of the eater came forth meat. Out of the lion came food for me. And out of the strong came forth sweetness. I will say to everybody in this building, you will go through some things that while you are going through it, you will wish you were not in that fight. I can't believe I'm going through this. This is a tough time. I never imagined this would happen to me. Why am I thus? Why am I in this situation? But if you don't quit, what seems like a terrible deal today, you're going to one day look over your shoulder and say, but I wouldn't trade that for anything. What God did for me in that, what I got out of that. Listen, some of you, some of you came through a bunch of hurt, a bunch of pain. You had people to do you wrong. You had people that brushed you aside and you felt so wounded and broken. But if you will keep on keeping on, you're going to look back and say, it was a tough time, but I'm better now. I'm strengthened by what they did to me. I've got a testimony. I've got a story. Out of the eater. What should have consumed me? I'm, I'm consuming from. What should have destroyed me? I am getting power to destroy my next opposition. You've got to understand here today that every fight can gain sweet honey to your lips and strength to your bones to take on tomorrow's challenges. There will be another fight. But guess what? Greater is he that is in me. If he brought me through that, he's going to take me through it again. He's going to get me through it again. Somebody shout glory. glory. What is stronger? What is sweeter than honey? Iron. I woke up this morning and I felt like the Lord spoke to my spirit to tell you that there are some things worth fighting for. I realize lions are challenging, but so are giants. Giants are bigger than you, greater than you, 
everybody under the sound of my voice, when you come to the Lord and, and you, you were saved and God filled you with his spirit and washed you in his blood, man, you were so excited. And then you got back home and the family started fighting you. You go to the job and people in the job start challenging you. You get around what we're friends and they start challenging you because when you come to God, there will be a fight. It is a fight. The Bible says to the battle to them that were first enlightened. I have noticed when people are initially converted, y'all with me today? When people first come to God's and opposition, you think this, you, you think, you think the devil's going to sit back and, and just let you go. Just let you win. Jesus told Simon Peter, he says, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith fill thee not. Even the apostle Paul went as far as to say in his last words to Timothy, he said, I have fought a good fight. He said, I finished the course and I kept the faith. I had to hold on to it because it seemed like something was always trying to steal it. You get up in the morning, something's going to try to steal your joy, steal your marriage, take your kids. Guaranteed there is a battle that you're going to have to fight for. Your soul, your spirit, your faith, your joy, your finances. The devil does not want you to be happy. But I come to preach to you today that you've got to fight for it. You've got to stand for it and you can't quit. You've got to keep on fighting because it's worth the battle. Somebody shout, it's worth it. And so Psalms 31, chapter 30, verse one. You got your Bibles? I told you to keep it there. I was bossy, but I said, stay there. What, look what it says. I will extol thee. Oh Lord, for thou hast, what? Lifted me up. Another Psalm says, he lifted me up above mine enemies. Everybody shout, lifted me up and has not made my foes to rejoice over me. He said, I don't have one enemy that can say they whipped me. Not one enemy can say I conquered David. Not one. There's a lot of enemies and he had a lot of battles, but not one can boast the fact he had been conquered because God lifted him up. I come to tell you today, there will be a lot of fights. You're going to fight for your salvation. You're going to fight for your family, your marriage, your children, your church, your city, your state, your country, your mind. There is a battle today. He goes on and says, oh Lord, my God, I cried unto thee and thou hast healed me. Oh Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing to the Lord, O ye saints of his. Sing, somebody shall sing. And give thanks to the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment. And I say to everybody that's done wrong, his anger is only for a moment. In his favor is life. Are you ready? Weeping may endure for a night, 
but it's prophecy. But joy's coming in the morning. There's going to be some weeping. There's going to be some tough times. There's going to be some hard times. There's going to be some moments you and your spouse hold hands and say, we're going to get through it. It's going to be all right. We're weeping right now, but we got a promise. Joy is coming in the morning. Somebody shout, joy is coming in the morning. He said, and in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. We've got to stop declaring uh, destruction and start declaring prosperity. We've got to stop declaring gloom and doom for our future and start declaring I'm victorious. You have to realize that the valley of the shadow of death is a moment. It's not a destination. And what I'm saying to you, God's got something better for me than the pain. He's got something better for me than the sickness. He's got something better for me than the struggle. I'm going to kill this lion and I'm going to gain strength from it by the end of the battle. I'm going to be better because of what I'm dealing with right now. Come on. I'm preaching to all of you, but all of you don't think I'm preaching to you. Some of you are fat and sassy and sanctified and satisfied in the spirit today. And so maybe I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to somebody that's got some struggles going on in their life. And they're wondering what the next move is. I come to tell you what it is. The next move is victory. The next move is breakthrough. The next move is delivering power. Somebody shot no weapon formed against me shall prosper. He goes on to say, Lord, by the favor thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face and I was troubled. There was a moment in my life, in the battle, it looked like I was alone. He said, I cried to thee, O Lord, unto the Lord I made supplication. He is singing this song. Oh God, you ever had to plead with the Lord? Anybody ever felt like you were losing? Rest of you lying. You need to put your hand up too. We're going to have, stop preaching right now. How many ever felt like you was losing the battle? Losing the battle over your emotions. Losing the battle over your thoughts. Losing the battle over your family. Losing the battle over your spirituality. Losing the battle. And watch what David says in this. He goes on and says to the Lord, what profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Talking about when I die. What good am I going to be if I'm dead? He said, shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? He said, Lord, I can't do anything for you if I'm dead. He said, if I'm dust, I can't praise you. Neither can I propagate truth. Neither can I preach the truth. What he was saying, Lord, if you'll get me through this, I am going to praise you. And I am going to declare your truth. He says in verse 10, hear, O Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, be thou my helper. In every battle, you've got to make some things to the, you've got to tell the Lord some things. God, I am going to praise you. I am going to preach your truth. I am going to declare what is right. But God, there's one thing I know. I can't conquer lions. Lord, if, if you're not helping me, I can only get through this by you. Because with God, all things are possible. It's tough time. I'm wounded in my spirit. 
I've been done wrong by some people, but God, you are my help. And I lift my eyes toward the hills which come with my help, and my help cometh from the Lord. I'm not in this by myself. Somebody shout, I'm not alone. Hallelujah. He said, and be thou my helper. Are you ready? You ready for verse 11? Oh, you're not ready for verse 11. This famous verse, he's, he goes on to say, declaring how he came to the battle. He said, thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth, which was a mourner's garment, and girded me with gladness. Lord, I've been grieving the loss for months. I've been grieving the pain for years. But somehow, because I kept keeping on, I'm no longer grieving, now I'm rejoicing. I'm no longer sad, now I'm, now I'm happy. God, you've turned it around. I'm preaching to some of you, you've had some battles and you've had some loss, but you don't have to grieve forever. God will bring you joy in the morning. God's bringing you joy to your situation. Somebody shout, joy is on the way. It's not the will of God to grieve forever. Blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be. He didn't say you're gonna mourn the rest of your life. There are some battles that we face, that we lose some things. We grieve some things, but it's not the will of God to grieve for the rest of your life. To look over and say, I lost, I lost, I lost. Listen, you might have lost some things, but you don't have to lose the battle. There are some losses, but I don't have to reflect on the losses when I realize God is bringing me victory. Rejoice means to be made happy, to be made joyful. My dad told me, he said, son, he said, attitude is a choice. You determine what you're going to be. Attitude. He said, it's a choice. Look at your neighbor and say, attitude is a choice. Straighten up your attitude. Look at your neighbor and say, straighten up your attitude. Do you know, did you, did you know if you use the letter, the, the alphabet as a numbering system, as in A is one, two, A is one, B is two, and all the way through, that if you add up attitude in the number system, it comes up to 100. It's the only word that adds up in the dictionary to 100% complete. You know what we need to do? We need to determine our outcome by our attitude. I don't care if mom and daddy were in despair. I don't care who around you, who's on the job's got a bad attitude. You don't have to have a bad attitude. This is Bible. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I can't determine what you're, come on, I, I'm preaching to you today. We're getting somewhere. You can do what you want to do, but I know what I'm going to do. I've already predetermined I'm going to be glad in it. There's outcome. Come on. God made this day. There's going to be lions, but I'm coming out with honey. There's going to be battles, but I'm coming out with victory. Come on, clap your hands and shout amen. Declare truth. We've got to speak. We've got to stop speaking negative and start speaking God. He's declared the end from the beginning. He's made us the head and not the tail above and not beneath. 
The psalmist said it this way. He said, hear, hear my cry, O God, and attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I cried unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed. Anybody ever been there? He said, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter to me, a strong tower from my enemy. You're going to have overwhelming moments. But what you do not do in overwhelming moments is quit. When you've done all you can to stand, Ephesians 6, stand. Don't sit. Don't stop and do not quit. Understanding Psalms 30 was the timing of it. In the, in, in the Thompson chain, if there is a, if there is a song or uh, it gives you the time period in which it was written. The time period in which uh, it was written down. So you can match the event in other chapters of when the song was written. It was written in 1042 B.C. If you re read the first few lines of Psalms 30 before verse 1, it actually starts this way. A psalm and song at the dedication of the house of David. Everybody say the dedication. Understanding what it meant, he's going to turn my mourning into dancing. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. Those power verses that we love. Understand that what is written, some believe, at the dedication of his personal home. Others believe it was prophetic of the dedication of the temple that he would build for the Lord. What's going on here? You can match it. You can go back and read it. You can go to 2 Samuel chapter 5 and see that the time period is the same. Chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. What was going on that David wrote a song of the event that was happening? Please understand that when David's home was built, he felt established in his cedar house as a king because he finally made it and had a breath of fresh air. Because from the moment, from the moment, I need a water. Come here, Noah. No, Seth, come here. I got you the last time. Amen. Are you ready? Huh? Because from the moment that he was anointed, he looks funny. I'll pay your dry cleaning bill. Bible says when he was anointed in 1 Samuel 16, that the spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward. From the top of his head to the sole of his feet, he was anointed. From the moment he was anointed, God moved on him. But you know what he had to do from that moment? He had to fight. When he goes back to the field and he starts keeping his father's sheep after being anointed to be the king in secret because if Saul would have found out he'd have killed him and he'd have killed Samuel. It was done in secret. It was done among his brethren. What well, should have been a trusted position. But guess what? From the moment he got anointed, there was something that got in him that was beyond him. He's keeping his father's sheep. Oh, he's keeping his father's sheep. But all of a sudden he looks and a lion comes out of the woods. Sound familiar? It comes and grabs one of those lambs. It comes and grabs one of those young lambs in the, in, the, in the family. A young lamb in the church. You know what he did? He went after the lion. 
What man in his right mind would chase a lion down with just his hands? And he's a young man. But there was something that rose up in the anointed young man. He said, there's some things worth fighting for. Because if I let him get Aaliyah, he's going to come after Chloe. If I let him get Chloe, he's going to come after Emily. He's going to come out. Come on now. You can't let him take one thing that belongs to you. You can't let him take... If he takes your Bible reading, he's coming after your prayer. He comes after your prayer, he's coming after your Sunday morning services. If he gets Sunday morning, he's gonna get Sunday night. He's going, you cannot let him take one service. You gotta fight for what belongs to you. If he gets my midweek, he gets my Sunday night. He gets my Sunday night, he gets my Sunday morning. If he gets my Sunday morning, my kids won't go to church. I've got to fight for what belongs to me. He could have said, well, it's just a lamb. She doesn't have any other sheep. She, she, you know, she's just a child. There was something inside the anointed man of God that said, I ain't letting a lion, I don't care how strong the lion is. That which is with me is bigger than that which is against us. I wish you could open your eyes and see that that which is for us Listen, there's a fight that got inside of me a few weeks ago. And I said, every heroin addict in this city matters. Some might say, well, they're just a heroin addict. You listen, that's, that, that man and or that woman was made in the image of God. That was somebody's little boy. That was somebody's little girl. I don't care if they have a, if they're stealing, if they're right, it doesn't matter. Somebody's got to love people. Somebody's got to reach for people. If I got to fight hell by myself, I'm going to fight hell by myself. But when I lay hands on some heroin addict, he will be delivered in Jesus' name. So if you can picture this, when we go down to the wide bridge, we're going down as an army of warriors. We're going down there as an army of God to cast out every spirit, every addictive spirit, every spirit of bondage, every spirit of fear, every spirit of suicide, because there's some things worth fighting for. Come here, Ashley, run up here with pastor. Amen. Amen. Come up here with pastor. She was out of the church for 10 years. Anointed. Hand of God upon you. Come here. The devil did everything he could. But she was worth 10 years of fighting for. 10 years of praying. 10 years of reaching out. Sister Judy, you're away for 17 years. But guess what? There was a church that kept on praying, kept on fasting, and it was worth fighting for. Come on, there's so many people that God's gonna bring home, but somebody's gotta fight the lion. Somebody's gotta fight the bear. Somebody's gotta fight the enemy. So guess what? Thank you, Sister Ashley. Don't we love Sister Ashley? Her and Jackson, my goodness. Come here, Seth. He's anointed. I might get in trouble with the Lord after I keep doing this. I know mom and daddy's going to get mad at me here in a minute. You're anointed. It smells so good. It feels so good. Pastor. Oh, it feels good to be. Oh, man. Hold, the, you, summer retreat was absolutely powerful until Monday. Then everything in your world comes against you. You're not valuable. 
You don't belong in the church. You're not, you, you, don't, you don't have any future. Maybe some parents will try to stop their kids from living for God. You got to make up in your mind. Am I going to live for God or am I just going to be pushed around? Oh, if you don't clean your room, you're grounded from church. Because that's the only thing in your, my, in your life that I see that makes you happy. So you'll have to stay home for church because you didn't clean your room. I watched it happen over and over again. I wish parents would wake up in the seat and realize the, the one thing that's making their kids happy. And if you'll keep fighting, Aaliyah, if you'll keep fighting for what God is doing, the eyes of adults are going to be opened. Man, I feel something in the Holy Ghost. I had a buddy of mine. Be seated. Let me, let me, let me. I was going to try to preach shorter, but it's getting ready to get longer. Come on, let's sit right there. Anointing! I'll never forget Pascal. Pascal and Rob Fazalore. Can I preach how I feel right now? Man, I feel a breakthrough coming in this city. I used to go to camp. You know, I, I was raised in this and didn't appreciate it. I was healed. I was healed a cripple before I could ever have one altar of repentance. Because of my, God's love for me and my parents' faith in God. God touched me before I could ever do one thing for him because he loves me before I could ever love him. Don't ever forget it. That you don't get the Holy Ghost because you're good. You get the Holy Ghost because he's good. He didn't save you because you're perfect. He saved you because he's perfect. Don't ever think that you attained it by some level of perfection to receive it. That is not, that is not grace. Grace means unmerited, unearned favor of God. He gave it to you before you ever did anything for him. How I many know that's the, that's, that's the gospel? That's the gospel. I used to tell the Lord, I used to tell the Lord, I would say this, Lord, please don't come until Thursday day of youth camp, preferably Thursday night because I get my heart right with God. That's all right. I had to grow up like everybody else. Struggled moments, but not Pascal and Robbie. Robbie and Pascal, they would dance. I mean, on the first song of Monday night. They're skipping across the front, just two of them. Some years they'd have one of their youth group. They would dance across the front, I would think. Didn't take them long. I'll join them Thursday. Amen. I just assumed they were raised in it. And years later, one of them was the youth president and invited me to come preach. One of the greatest honors of my life was going back to that old campground and preaching at the campground that I grew up as a kid dreaming about preaching when I got right. We were sitting outside of the cafeteria, you know, down over the hill. And I was sitting out there talking to Pascal. And he said, I ever tell you my story? I said, no, I don't know your story. What's your story? He said, my parents didn't live for God. I said, I didn't know that. He said, As a matter of fact, I come from a broken home. And he said, mom didn't go to church. And my stepdad didn't go to church. And he said, you know how powerful our youth camps were? We'd shout, dance, shirt tails untucked. And he said, prophecies and the word of God, move of God. He said, I'd get my suitcase. And he said, I would... I'd get my suitcase and I'd go home. I couldn't wait to tell my parents or somebody about what God did. And he said, when I would walk through the house and I'd smell the smoke, nicotine, he said, I instantly knew there's nobody here who wants to hear. So he told me, nobody here wants to hear what God did for me. He said, I'd go and set my suitcase on the bed and I'd go and I'd have to reach past the Bud Light, Budweiser. And he said, I'd be reminded again, nobody in this house cares or is interested in what God did for me this week. He said, but I decided I was going to live for God no matter who does or who doesn't. 
He said, I put my suitcase there and I, I, I would put my suitcase in my room and he said, I wouldn't unpack it. He said, because when I start having a little bit of, he said, I'd leave it there for a week or two. He said, when I had a little struggle, he said, he said, I would put verses on the wall in my room and he said, I had a camp seat. Y'all know what a CD is nowadays? Camp CD, choir. He said, I'd play it. And he said, I'd get in there and I'd worship God. He said, when I had discouraged moments, he said, I'd, I'd, I kept my suitcase sealed. And he said, I'd unzip and stick my head in there like that. And he said, what smelled like musty boys' dorm rooms to some smelled like the anointing to me. It was a reminder to me that I was anointed of God. I go back to that moment where I was dreaming what God was going to do in my future. But now that I'm home, I'm fighting a battle with people that don't. They would ground me from church. Ground me from. So, as a matter of fact, they wouldn't even let my, my cousin Robbie Fazlow or me go to the same grandma's house at the same time when we were grounded because they knew if we got there, we'd have church together. Are y'all listening to me? I know I'm talking about young people, but I'm preaching to some parents. There are some people right now that are watching that you feel like you're doing this all by yourself. But you got to make up in your mind. I'm going to do this if I have to do it all by myself. If I have to do it alone, I'm going to do it. If I have to fight alone, I'm going to fight it. I'm glad you fight with me, but if I have to fight by myself, I'm not letting go of the anointing. I'm not letting go of the prophecy. I'm not letting go of my promises. I'm not letting go. Watch. Watch as I feel an old-fashioned revival in this move, in this church today. Rob would go to... Pascal Kreitz would go to his basement at grandma's house alone. He said, I'd pray and I'd worship. He said, I'd sing those songs I'd learned to camp till I got a word. He said, I'd write it down and put it on that desk. He said, and I'd go home when it's time. He said, Rob Fazalor would come to grandma's house at the other time. When he'd get there, he said, he'd get down to that makeshift pulpit we had in grandma's basement. He said, I would read. He would read the word that God had given to his cousin Pascal, he'd read it and get encouraged and start worshiping. Then God would give him a word and he would put a word down there and leave a word that God would give him for his cousin. You know what they were doing? I'll fight if I have to do it alone. Yeah. Oh, listen to me as I, I feel like preaching right here. Something began to move over these boys. They made it. Pascal later told me, he said, I don't know what happened. I realized I couldn't change the atmosphere of my home, but I could change, I could determine the atmosphere of my bedroom. I couldn't determine what they were going to watch, but I could determine what I was going to watch. I could determine the atmosphere alone in my bedroom. He said, I put verses on the wall. I'd get the camp CD and with nobody around, I would just start praising God for his goodness and start prophesying and believing. God's going to bring me through this. I'm going to fight through this. Come on. There's power in prayer. There's power in praising. I'll do it if I have to do it all by myself. If I have to walk to church, if I have to walk to the house of God, I will walk to the house of God. If I have to go to the prayer room alone, I'll go to the room prayer room alone because I am anointed. God has a destiny. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now that's struggling, but I come to tell you, you will win this fight. You will win this battle. Somebody say amen. Rob went on to be a missionary. Pascal went on to be a pastor, both pastoring today. Rob went overseas, learned five or seven languages, I can't remember. 
missionary to Togo, Africa. While he's there, are, y'all, are you hearing me right now? Somebody shout, the Lord is fighting for me. He goes to Togo, Africa. While he's there, he goes to this little city of darkness near Liberia. When he gets there, it is eat up with witchcraft. It is consumed by witchcraft. They are selling slaves. He said, the only reason they listened to me because I was of a different color. He said, in that culture, they weren't used to seeing people from another nation. He said, we taught the word of God for three days and nothing happened. He said, we started a prayer meeting. He said, witches were there. Witchcraft was present in that country. Do y'all believe in that? Come on, it's still real. It's called new age in the United States. It's called witchcraft everywhere else. We better be careful what we're entertaining ourselves with. You'll be haunted by fear. You'll be haunted with insomnia. You'll be haunted with depression because there are spiritual warfare. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and the rulers of the darkness of this world. He said, put on the whole armor of God. You've got to have the helmet of salvation. I'm preaching to you. You don't have to think suicidal thoughts and be apostolic at the same time. You don't have to be bound by depression forever. You can have the helmet of salvation. Oh, the sword of spirit, the shield of faith. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. I feel a warrior in this room. I feel some young people standing up saying, you will not take my mind. You will not take my emotion. You will not take. Somebody shout, it's worth fighting for. He said, when you've done all you can to stand, stand therefore. He went to this darkness. Listen, we gotta, we gotta confront this. I feel this. There are people that are battling addictions because there's a spirit of bondage in their home. There are people that are battling fear because there's a spirit of fear in their house. There are people that are battling, battling depression because there is, there is elements of fear that are in their life. They can't sleep at night because there's a present spirit in their world. It's real. It's real. It's real. Spirits affect our emotion. Do you believe that? Spirits affect our emotion. We can't see them, but they're real. Well, pastor, I don't know if I believe that. Well, I'm going to prove it to you. When the spirit of God moves in, it affects your emotion. You're going to feel joy. You're going to feel peace. You'll feel hope. If the the wrong spirit comes in, you're going to feel fear. You're going to feel numb. You're going to feel hopeless. Darkness, lost. You feel like you don't fit in because the devil doesn't fit in anywhere. And if we're not careful, the Bible says, be careless, you entertain strangers be careful when you're entertaining strangers, lest it be angels unaware. The Bible says there's some people that have entertained angels and didn't know it. I preached about that last week. I talked about an angel that I saw in the airport that came to me in the airport. What if we're entertaining spirits unaware? And you're emotionally chaos because there's a spirit in your life. There's a spirit in the home. I've known people. I gave a man a word one time. I gave a man, listen. Everyone in the world, they believe what I'm preaching, but America has a hard time with it because of Hollywood. We make everything into a movie. Here's the fact. We're getting ready to have a breakthrough in this service in, in, in about 16 or 17 minutes. There's going to be a breakthrough in this service and everybody that wants to deliver from insomnia, depression, fear, anxiety, addiction will instantly be set free. Instantly. 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 Instantly going to be delivered. Instantly. 
We will battle depression, but only for a season. We will have moments of fear. Abraham did, but it was for a season. He had to go back to an altar. All of us have dealt with anxiety, fear, depression, some type of bondage in our life. Everybody in the building, we've all sinned. We've all had emotional things, but we don't have to live there. We don't have to stay there. It can be a season and not a destination. That's what God wants to do. He wants to bring you out here today. You say, why are you preaching this way? Because I will fight for every one of you with everything that's in me. By the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus, you can be set free. I've seen so many people delivered from addictions and bondage and fear, anxiety, depression. I've seen so hundreds at this point. Even this week, suicidal preacher's kids delivered when I began to preach against spirits in the home. They went there. His name's Rob Fazalor, dear friend of mine. I called him the other day. I said, you got to tell me the story again. I said, some things lost over time. We can embellish it. I don't want one detail out of order. I said, what happened when you went to that city near Liberia? He said, here's what happened. He said, when we started praying, after three days of teaching, nothing happened. We started praying. He said, there was a teak tree. It's called a teak tree in that village. People would come there that, it, and with the spirits. So they do that in these places. They, they hug trees and they would bring their offerings and fruit and money they would put in the hollowed out part of this tree. And that's where they would come and pay their homage to that spirit in that city. Spiritual wickedness. He said, but while we were praying, he said a, a storm cloud rolled over only over top of that tree. Not one raindrop and fire like lightning came out of heaven and burnt the tree from the top to the bottom. When it did, a hundred and some people were filled with the Holy Ghost. Before it was over with, the entire village had repented and been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The entire village. Come on, I didn't read this in the Reader's Digest or Discovery. National Geographic, I'm telling you somebody I know. That said, there's some things worth fighting for. They went there for total strangers to see the gospel preached to people that were bound by devils, bound by spirit. He said there was a man in that village that had been dead for five days. That community, that family was waiting to give him a respectful funeral. He was in the house for five days. But when the power of God fell, that man dead for five days stood up and came out of that house. He's now a preacher of the gospel in that community because greater is he. Come on. I'm gonna confront mediocrity right now. We made everything chemical. We made everything about dependence. We made everything about the physical condition of the body. The Bible says, for we have a high priest who has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. Therefore, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities or weaknesses. What that means is we gotta be able to feel him to touch him. And the devil wants us to deal with mediocrity as if it's common. We've gotta confront this and realize not everything's a handed down chemical genetic disorder. We've got to start realizing some things are spiritual and they need cast out. They need delivered from it. They need delivered from sexuality. They need delivered from perversion. They need delivered from... Come on, people can't be delivered from homosexuality. People can't be delivered from perversion. People can't be delivered from lust. Come on, jump to your feet and clap your hands and shout, there's delivery power in this city. If it's genetic, it can be healed. Remain standing. If it's genetic, it can be healed. But if it's spiritual, it can be cast out. I have seen devils cast out. I have seen it happen. The spoken power of the word. 
Somebody shout, there is power in this building. Just remain standing. I feel delivering power for you mamas. I feel some mamas in the building getting bold right now. Saying, devil, you can't have my baby. Come on, I feel some daddies in the building saying, you can't have my kids. You can't have my marriage. You, can, you cannot have them. I've come to fight in the name of Jesus. So you're anointed now. You're anointed now. You go back, just remain standing. Don't sit on me. I'm almost done. Y'all gonna preach with me in a few minutes? You want to see a city delivered? We can't have manby-pamby worship or just casual preaching. We got to have spiritual authority. What I feel in this building is what I haven't felt for a period of time. I feel spiritual authority over, over heroin addiction. Do you know who you are? You're the body of Christ. He looked at a woman that had a palsy, sick, for 18 years in the church house, in the synagogue. And he stopped in the middle of his sermon, Jesus did, and he said, woman, thou art loose to thine infirmity. And instantly she was delivered of a spirit. And when she did, her, her withdrawn of her body, they could have scanned her body a thousand times and never found out what was wrong with her. And that's why some people are going to the hospital and they can't find out what's wrong with them because they're dealing with the spirit of infirmity and not a true sickness. I looked at somebody in this church a while back. They've been sick for weeks. They've been sick for years. And I said, you're not dealing with the sickness. I said, the Lord revealed, revealed to me, you're dealing with the spirit of infirmity. You're getting test after test after test. I said, you can't hardly stay faithful in church. I said, but God's getting ready to deliver you instantly. He was delivered. He was ready to die in this church. Remember this church was ready to die instantly. No, no more symptoms, no more sickness, no more problems, no more pain. Instantly gone. Why? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power. You want to see tumors disappear. Blinded eyes open. You've got to have the power of God. Somebody shall fight for it. Watch this. You're anointed of God. You get back down to the fold and there's a lion trying to steal your sheep. But there was something in him by the power of God that said, I'll fight it if I have to do it by myself. He rent the lion. He goes back down and a bear comes out and takes another young person, another lamb, if you will. And he kills, I said he kills the bear all by himself. He comes out of there and there's a giant opposing an entire nation. Listen, what we're dealing with is spiritual chaos because there's a prince in this city. This has been a gate of hell that God's about to turn it to a gate of heaven. Delivering power. Come on, I'm preaching to you right now. Some of you are wondering why you're struggling day in and day out emotionally. Joy one minute, down the next. Prayer for one minute, can't pray the next. Feeling victory one minute, defeated the next. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. It's a spiritual issue. Submission issue. Not submitted to God, obeying his word. But if you'll obey his word, I promise you, the thing that's holding you back from his promises and blessings will immediately be broken and you'll be delivered and free and feel joy and happiness like never before. That's what God is about to do with people all over this city. Instantly deliver. I went to church one night my heart wasn't right, but something got a hold of me. 
That's what's going to happen. Spiritual strongholds broken. Generational curses broken. Daddy gambled. Mama was a prostitute. Instantly delivered of drug addiction. Amen. They're going to become contributing citizens. They're going to become powerful individuals. They're going to have amazing marriage. They're addicted last night, but they're about to be delivered. And so are you. You're about to be delivered. That's what God's going to do. You secretly got a bottle hid and you don't want it anymore. God said, I'm going to deliver you. Delivering power over nicotine, fear, bondage. Lift your hands and say it can happen. Come on, everybody in the building, shout yeah. Come on, shout it like you mean it, yes. David realized in Psalms 30, all I've ever done. Y'all got, got five more minutes? Somebody, look at your neighbor and say, help the preacher preach. Come on, I was just trying to preach a good sermon, I quit. I can't. I'm here to obey the Holy Ghost. I know my role in this building. We're battling spiritual opposition. If we believe that Bible, this is what it is. He comes out of there and come on. Come on. Gotta get up here. Because what he saw God do in secret. When he came out, there's a, a giant that said, I'm gonna make all of you slaves. That's what the goal of the enemy is, to make all of you subject to him and serve him in some capacity. I don't want fear to rule me. I don't want depression to rule me. It's not the will of God. I don't want some substance to rule me. I don't want money to rule me, career to rule me. I don't want, I don't want to be ruled by anything. I don't want coffee to rule me. I don't want anything to rule me. I'm free. But the devil wants everybody in the kingdom to be bound. But there was something inside of him that never one time called Goliath a giant. He said, I'll fight him. I wish that's what we had right now. We, have, we got men strutting, flexing. I don't even know what I'm saying, but. Man, run up here, Brother Gene. I, I wish I had a dad to run up here and say, you know, get my kids. I, I'll fight with everything in me. Devil, you not get, I wish I had a man in the building to run up here. You not. Come on, come on, anybody else? We need some men that'll fight. We need some young men that says, I'll never walk away from truth. I'll never walk away. David fought battle after battle after battle. Come on, I'm gonna fight for my husband. I'm gonna fight for my wife. I'm gonna fight for my truth. I'm gonna fight for my children. I'm gonna fight for their emotions. I'm gonna fight for the delivering freedom in my home. I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight. Somebody shout power. Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power. Delivering. I feel a breakthrough. I feel a breakthrough. When I speak the name of Jesus here in a few minutes, they're gonna be power of God's gonna hit this room. He fought Philistines. He fought all kinds of things. He went on and the Bible says, you read it, 1042 BC. He had a last battle with the Philistines for a period of time. He said, now it's time to bring the ark of the covenant home. We need to put the ark in its rightful place. We need to put it in Jerusalem. The ark has been away from the house too long. It's bad when we gotta travel to go feel God. When he ought to live in his rightful place. 
right here. And when he got the ark every six paces, he would dance before the Lord. He would shout. You have to realize that the re I need a chair and I need my shoes. I brought my dancing shoes this morning. Amen. I watch all these girls with these high heels like this. I'd kill myself in those things. I brought my dancing shoes. Sit over here. Can't believe you dance in church. Well, the world's going to do all kinds of dances for the world. But David danced before the Lord every six paces. When I got to Jerusalem, here, here, here's a battle that we got to fight right now. It's when the wife comes in. I tried your glasses earlier. Let me try yours. Amen. Don't step on them. I, they look expensive. David, dance. Somebody shout dance. dance. David said, I'll dance before the Lord. We ought to have some services where we're dancing. It, can't, it cannot be lost in methodology and just religious routine. When the Buckeyes win, they go crazy. They do all kinds of things. You do too. You know, you like it. Well, I don't like sports. Well, you probably like money. You get a lot of money, you say, whoa, glory to God. You get happy. Something make you happy. Dancing is a part. Worshiping is a part. Responding. When it says clap your hands, all you people, and shout with a voice of triumph, that was something everybody could do, was shout and clap their hands. But what, 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 watch. When David gets home, after putting the ark in his place, my, Michael did something like this. David's wife. I saw you out there today. Let me tell you something unclothe yourself in all of the maiden's eyes dancing and acting a fool. I watched you today. That's the problem with spectators and not participators. Why wouldn't she linked arm in arm with him saying, I want God in my house. I want God in Jerusalem. I want God. Watch. And David, 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 David looks to her and he says, he said, listen, Michael, you can mock me all you want to. It wasn't for you. It was for the Lord. You call me a fool because I took my kingship robe off and shouted and danced. But I'm tired of fighting and fighting. All I've ever done since I was anointed was fight. We got to have some deliverance from some enemies. We got to have some period of time where we're not warring all the time and fighting lions and bears. You haven't been there. You haven't been. You weren't with me when I was out there with Goliath. You weren't there with the lion and the bear. You weren't with me when I was fighting out there with the Philistine. You weren't with me. We've got to have some deliverance in this city. I'm tired of watching people fighting and struggling all the time. They're going to be delivering power. And what I was doing, Michael, don't forget, before you ever came in my life and before I ever knew your dad, I knew him. This was for him, not you. This is for him. Somebody shout, it's for the Lord. And when he said that, he said, I will, you think that's something, you think you saw me something do today? I will worship more vile than that. I'm not stopping because of you. Because you have to understand every victory I've ever had was because of worship. Every victory I've ever had was because I said, you come to me with the sword, the spirit, and the shield, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. Everything I've ever won is because, listen, I've had a lot of battles, but I won all. 
You know what David was saying in Psalms 30 when he said, the Lord, the Lord never allowed my enemy to rejoice over me. What he was saying was, I fought a lot of battles, but I've won all of them. Listen, I've seen people in the church make statements when they come to the Lord. I've seen them say, man, it's tougher to live for God than it is the world. That's not true, it's a lie. Because you're always gonna have a fight. But the problem in the world, you always lose. And the, and the glory of the church is you always win. You're gonna win in the church. Hallelujah. We're all gonna do something in this building today. Whether we shout, clap our hands, lift our hands, something. But the Bible says, the Bible says, I'm almost done, I promise, that when she mocked him, that her womb was barren forever. She never had a child because she mocked the worshiper. And David went on and the next chapter it reads, come up here, Geo. Look what happens when he danced and brought the glory to God. Let me put it this way. When he worshiped and brought the glory of God all the way to Israel. Come on, come on, run over here. I preached long enough. You're making it longer. Put those on, read that. You can't read that. You know you can't read those. <laughs> and it came to pass, look, when the king sat in his house and the Lord had given him rest around about from all his enemies. What made David have rest from all the enemies? I'm gonna tell you what it was. When God was put in his place. When you get God where he's supposed to be, your enemies are gonna scatter. They're gonna come one way. The Bible says they'll scatter seven ways. We've gotta have a move of God where devils run. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of fighting. If you've ever worshiped, it's time to worship again. If you've ever responded, it's time. It's time to respond again. Somebody shout glory. glory. How many feel delivering power in this room? Would you clap your hands and praise him? Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want you to ask God to forgive you for your attitude. I'm sorry for giving up. I'm sorry for not fighting. I'm sorry for being complacent. I'm sorry for accepting the re results as a loss and that I wasn't made for it. God. But when I look over my life and you anointed me, I have prophecy over me. I have even prophesied of your goodness. Let the fight get back in me. Let there be a stirring back in my soul. God, you've spoken to me in the altars of this church. You've spoken, spoken to me through the prophets and the man of God. Lord, I am not giving up on what you've destined to give me. I have prophecy. Come on, if you need a miracle and you want to see an unanswered prayer answered, you need to worship today in just a moment. Hallelujah. Forgive me for my attitude. Forgive me, Lord, for being unbelief and skeptical all the time. God, forgive me for taking a for giving in and tapping out, oh God. There's lions, there's bears, there's giants, there's family situations, there's crisis, there's emotional confusion, but I will not quit. God, I'm making my mind up today. I'm going on to receive everything you've got for me. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Brother Nehemiah, Brother Cody, come and stand on each side of me. If you are in this building, how many believe God has forgiven every single person in this building? How many believe that? Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're about to go high on this.
We're going to sing a song of worship. We're going to sing a song of worship. We're going to sing a song of rejoicing. A song of shouting. Amen. Do you feel a shout in this building? I'm not telling you you have to dance. I'm just telling you you have to do something. You just have to do it. When this says clap your hands, all you people shout with a voice of triumph. One shout can break every bit of bondage in your world. There is a shout of victory. Do you believe that? The devil hates to see men worship. And here's why. Because anytime you're dancing and rejoicing, you're sending a signal. It's not over yet. There's something better ahead of us. There's something good in my marriage. Come on, there's something good. There's greatness ahead. That's why the church should be rejoicing. It's up to you. Everybody wants to be delivered. It's instantly going to be delivered. Watching or now. I want you to lift your hands. When I shout hallelujah, I want you to shout hallelujah just as loud as you can. By the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus Christ who died for all of us. I command every spirit of fear, every spirit of bondage, every spirit of depression, anxiety, addiction. I command every single one of them to leave this building for we are a victorious people in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Oh, hallelujah! Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.